Well, hello again. Welcome to TV Tuesday. This is TV Tuesday where we present an episode of the Jack Benny Show that was presented on television. And you get a chance to hear it here, or you can watch it over on YouTube, and we'll have a link in the show notes that will take you to the YouTube channel where you can watch it and uh, see us chat about it and see the actual episode. Or you can listen to it if you're in your car or whatever, and go ahead and listen. So anyway, without further ado, here is an episode of TV Tuesday. Hit it, Phil. Can it be the breeze that fills the trees with rare and magic perfume? Oh, no. It isn't the breeze. It's Jackson time. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. I am joined with Kathy Fuller Seeley, who has uh, new Jack Benny uh, information because we had thought that her book would not be out until after Christmas, but you can get it and it should arrive yeah. for Christmas. I've ordered my hard copy. It, I was frustrated because I, I have Prime and I was like, oh, it should be here and I should be able to hold it up for the podcast, but I looked and it, it arrives on the 7th. So that's all right. So well, I'll have it for next week to, to share with you folks. That's fabulous. Yeah. You're apparently going to get yours before I get mine, but maybe I need to order myself <laughs> a, a hardback because um, uh, Ben Omar, the publisher, pays me. I mean, I get my free books or paperbacks. So, uh, but hooray! I everybody. So uh, a chance for either uh, a Christmas present along with Paul McCartney's lyrics books to be under your Christmas uh, a tree or a or a New Year's present. So yes, a very well done book. Just delightful and uh scripts uh, none of these scripts have been are available are they i mean uh, all no. the shows have lost right yeah so right. Right. crazy exactly. yeah last time we had one the very first episode that i thought was brilliant for right. her to present yeah. because it was so uh historic and then but this one every single one will be one that you've never ever heard before and, and you can't hear and so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, readers will enjoy it because it's filled with experimentation, uh, as well as um, uh, Benny and Harry Khan, his writer, really start to get their act together. So it starts to sound a bit more like Jack Benny shows, you know, they do their first film parody, which is quite good. Mary takes, uh, although she gets, has a, a, a little, uh, uh, some bumps and uh, hiccups on, on her way. She becomes, uh, by the end of this next 13-week stanza, a real part of the show. And uh, it, as I said, it's it's funny and delightful. So Yeah, so I've wonderful seeing her grow into become a regular character. And then, as you said, the, the film spoof. Now, are there multiple film spoofs, or is there just one in this volume? Well, they only did it in the next, they did, they had only started doing it. And so they've done it, they do it, and then they return to it again. Okay. Uh, in the same way that later they'll keep doing Buck Benny week after week after week. So they're yeah. they're doing it, and their favorite, the character who they will continue to play with in the next 13-week uh, stanza is Lionel Barrymore's char character of Kringleine, the accountant. This old man, if you've ever seen the movie, he's old, and he's been, um, and he's dying. He's only, uh, uh, but he um, manages to come into, um, to, steal a whole lot of money from his corrupt employer. And so he, uh, he's suddenly energized and he's going to go out on a, a bang, uh, uh, putting on the town in Paris with Joan Crawford by his side. But they turn it into a fabulous continuing joke on the Benny show. A Kringleine will just burst into scenes and he'll just say, I'm Kringleine and I have two minutes to live. 
I have two minutes to live. So uh, it's sort of, it's marvelous dark humor. So. Oh, nice. Nice. No, I, I look forward to it for sure. I can't wait to get that in my hands. Um, we also have Terry Phillips with us um, for the last time in a while. He's taking a little break, and so he'll be gone for a month or a little more. Um, Terry, uh, anything you uh, want to update us on or anything? Or be good. The, um, the next episode of Imaginary Theater uh, is, um, is still in progress. Uh, I finished writing uh, the uh, the first draft. It's a two-parter. It's very long, so it's going to be going to be presented in two parts. And I was debating whether to uh, have part one produced first and then wait until we're finished writing the rest before bringing people back together, or just waiting and and doing it all uh, at the same time. My worry is that if I produce part one. And then somebody becomes unavailable to finish part two yes. that will put us in a spot. So I'm going to ask uh, listeners to indulge me until we finish. I hope that uh, while I'm traveling, um, that I'll be able to finish the rewrite. And then when I get back uh, sometime in January, that we'll, we'll um, produce the whole thing. Fantastic. Which means that it's possible that before the end of January of 2022, that... Um, the last episode of season one, or we'll <laughs> call it the first episode of season two. <laughs> two. Uh, anyway, that next episode, ready to go. Now, how many episodes uh, do you have so far produced? That's seven in the can, so this will be number eight, or eight and nine, if you want to break it into two episodes. Uh, I also want to say how grateful I have been to listeners, without much prompting on my part, who have um, contributed to... Um, our uh, our really small fundraising efforts. Uh, I'm I'm hoping the other thing that I'm planning to do after we finish this next episode is to develop a, more of a business plan so that we can start paying the actors. That's that's a high priority for me. They've been really great. They're all doing this uh, without compensation. But um, I, I would like to not just to pay the actors, but I would also like to ramp this up in much the same way that that you have, Buck, with um, you know a more a more stable and reliable distribution and promotion, you know, to, to turn it into a, a proper um, enterprise. Well, right now it's just, and you're great. never going to get the, the quality of people coming back to you like you guys. If I didn't pay you anything, would you, would you ever show up? I don't, I don't know. I mean, the, the hundreds of thousands of dollars that, that I have flowing out to you folks is just... I, I want to tell you, I, I could not... You keep haven't up got your check yet? My, what are you talking about? I could, could not keep up the payments on my yacht without the... the, the, the money from this. I, I guess I get paid in Jack. We're all gratis here, folks. It's just the way we are. But no, but I think Terry, the work you're doing is fabulous. And I, I was just thinking for someone who hasn't tuned into Imaginary Theater, they could listen to about a show a week from now until, and right about the time they're done with the last one, you'll probably will be about that time having a. Uh, the next one ready to go so yeah. so that would be great for them to to and what a wonderful thing to sink into would be that to sink into your series i think it'd be great thank you very much you're so welcome um question i'll delete this part if if you if your answer is no <laughs> what if i presented them your shows once a week up from now until you know almost till you get back would that be 
an okay thing to me to do on my sure. podcast. Or, sure. Okay. How could I say no to that? Okay. Because I figure, you know, it's absolutely, absolutely 4,000 or more people that maybe haven't heard it. I don't know. Great. I know some of my listeners have tuned in across and gone there and that's right. great, but I know some of them probably haven't. So, yeah. And, and uh, you know, without, without assuming too much here, I believe they will all hold up um, over yeah. time, even though some of these were, were written to be somewhat timely i I, my hope is that they'll hold up over time well i think so i think they all hold up really really well and i think there's such a diversity there of subjects and things and genres that i think it's a fun uh, thing to present so i'd love to do that so great thank you very much i I can definitely do that so because they've already heard like we did that luke with one of yours i think we presented the western or something yeah i think that's right yeah but but uh that's been a while and so i think we'll just go through from the first one and just work our way through and by the time we're done hopefully you'll be ready for another episode try to tune in while i'm traveling yeah there you go there you go (laughs) (laughs) maybe i'll do really poor intros to them i don't know we'll see (laughs) but i mean you kind of do intros to them automatically built in anyway if if you don't do if you don't do well i'll fire you and hire john you You don't have to pay me there you go (laughs) (laughs) i'll pay john twice as much as i'm paying you (laughs) (laughs) that's great and we also have a john here from uh john henderson from this day in jack benny and uh anything new going on with this day in jack benny or any new news for you it's week before yeah well actually in addition to this day in jack benny i've got a couple other old-time radio show podcasts so i just uh after a hiatus i just uh restarted a theater of thrills which is all those spooky old radio shows and I have a bit of fun doing a silly intro to those. So that's lots of fun. And then I that. also have a podcast called Bible Broadcasts. And so we're just start, starting the uh, the Christmas episodes. So in addition to, you know, the story of Christmas, there's also a bunch of Christmas carols, which everybody knows and loves all from old time radio shows. So it's been a lot of fun getting those ready and and all that. Is Christmas a big time of year in the Bible or? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, there's somebody, some birthday, I think. Yeah, something there going on. Yeah. Okay. That's fantastic, John. All right. Well, let's get into this episode. Um, This week, uh, I I grabbed it for a reason. Uh, We did, we did recreation recently. And in the recreation, Jack talks about some upcoming projects. He has some things going on. He says he's going to be on the Frank Sinatra television show. And he says that he's going to uh, have a roast that's going to be about him. I have the roast, so we'll be presenting that uh, at some point. It's just the audio, of course. And uh, who knows? I'll talk to my team, and we might even do an intro for it, or I'll just do an intro. And then um, the the other piece we have is we do have the Frank. I knew as soon as he mentioned it, I was like, I've seen that. I, I've seen the Frank Sinatra special. And I was like, I did not know what the time frame was. And I'd originally thought, okay, it's the 1950s with Jack Benny as a guest, it's probably 54, 55, or something like that, but it was 51, crazy, and uh, so this is really early, and and it made sense, when I watched it again, I was going, oh my gosh, yeah, I should have recognized, because Frank Sinatra, he's such an interesting guy, he had such a, he had two distinct looks, I mean, people age all differently, some people look the same, I mean, if you saw me as a baby and you saw me now, you'd go, oh, that's the same guy. I mean, <laughs> he never changes. In fact, he's looking more babyish all the time in his hair. <laughs> but anyway, but Frank had two distinct looks, I feel like. He had this really thin, 
look of a young guy with a lot of hair and the whole thing and 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 his teeny bopper sort of look and he had that from the early 40s when he first appeared all the way up until about this time 51 ish sort of uh, he still looks like young frank sinatra but by 54 55 he's going to look completely different like a, a older sinatra that whole look that he keeps the rest of his life kind of uh, puts on a little more weight and things and just has a, a hair change the whole thing. And, and uh, it's just interesting to see how quick that change would happen. I didn't realize that even in 51, he would look like this. So, so you have a chance for a real young Sinatra in this and Jack appears and we'll get into it. So uh, why don't we start off with um, John since uh, we're, chatting back and forth anyway what did you think john and uh, of this episode and what stood out to you and go ahead in general i thought this was great i loved the whole episode uh I, i'll work backwards uh so it ends with well can i interrupt for a second oh, sure. i will say if john had not gotten back to me they would we would have talked about the first 13 minutes of the episode and that's it because it was broken into three parts and i joined them all together but i sent out the wrong copy to these guys so Hopefully, they've all watched the whole hour and not just the first 13 minutes. But anyway, back to John. <laughs> yeah. Well, those are a great 13 minutes. But yeah. I'm going to start with the uh, the end because when I was uh, a youngster, I had a set of cassette tapes with old-time radio shows on them. And one of them had a ra radio show that played the soundtrack to The House I Live In as part of a, a different program. So I, I was quite familiar with that. I probably heard it, you know... 20 times right and me and my brother would always laugh because he's talking about intolerance and then he says those dirty japs you know so <laughs> like what is this and i did at that time i was not that familiar with even frank sinatra or anything like that um so it was interesting because i knew that so well to watch it and i was like something's not right and it was only when he came out at the end and was wearing that jacket that I realized this was not a clip from the film. They recreated it on the studio doing a live version. So I thought that was that was pretty interesting because it's, you know, obviously they're using the same script, uh, but they're they're doing it live. So I thought that was really interesting. Uh, before that, uh, Frank Sinatra mentions some comedians that he calls physical comedians, you know, Jackie Gleason, um, Dean Martin, and Jerry Lewis, and Red Skelton, who I don't think many people have forgotten. They're not that obscure at this time. But I don't really think of them really as physical comedians. This guest, what's his name? Larry Griswold? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the physical comedian. I did not know who this guy was or what was going to happen. But those, like, those pratfalls, like, it's amazing that the falls look so real and yet obviously they're so controlled it was really impressive and hilarious so i thought that was awesome uh but as a jack benny fan my favorite parts of course was the jack benny parts the opening um i thought it was i thought it was uh, so funny um yeah uh, oh and for people who are not as uh, deep jack benny fans as i am LSMFT stands for <laughs> Lucky Strike Means Fine Tobacco, which was Jack Benny's sponsor. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're trying to bring him back. That's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, Kathy, what were your thoughts on this one? Well, I'm so, I'm so grateful to have been able to see this show. 
because um, I find that Jack's um, first television episode, which was in October 1950, and we're sure this is the next year, October 51. We're pretty, okay. Um, it's because we don't have, so far we don't have access to a kinescope of uh, uh, Jack's second television show, which would have Frank Sinatra on it. But the difference in pacing, I thought this was fascinating. And it, I find Jack's first television show to be kind of very ambitious, overblown, stage bound, and kind of slow. As much of his early television work is kind of slow. He comes out on the stage and he talks a bit and then they go do a skit. And um, so I was really impressed by the quicker pacing uh, of this show. Um, that reminds me of, of what Benny's show television shows would be like in a couple seasons. Well, I think we can, and I think we can place this exactly, Kathy, because I believe Jack had done exactly five episodes of his show. He'd done the first four from the first season, okay. and he'd done his opening episode that exists, yeah. I mean, that we okay. can watch, uh, which was the one with the Hillbilly sketch, which is the first right. episode okay. of the second season. Yeah. And then this happened right after that, before he yeah. got to his second so, episode. I, said, second season. I was both impressed by uh, uh, the quicker pace. When, and I wanted to say to Jack's producers, get a quicker pace. It's yeah. better. But I was also really impressed by the staging that Jack and, and um, especially in the opening, that so much of it is meant for a little tiny square television that you see, uh, you know, um, um, Jack standing very close to uh, Frank. Uh, instead of the sort of wider, we're going to fill the whole proscenium arch, how they did the Benny shows. So I like that. And I was very amused by when um, Frank goes to sing his first song uh, about Christmas, that he takes his suit jacket and butts it up at the top. And, it really <laughs> and I enjoyed laughing. And that set with a winter wonderland. That was great. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I was amazed. I didn't realize that Frank Sinatra had his own show at this point in time, and so this was a. I don't know if it was apparently a weekly it, show. Or... Apparently, it was a weekly show, which was an awful lot—an hour weekly show. Yeah. Um, you know, so many early performers burn themselves out. Right. Uh, so I can see how they're trying to make it very much a variety show. Mm -hmm. Somebody sings, somebody does a skit, somebody else sings. Uh, but that was an awful lot to produce live yes. back in mm -hmm. the day. Uh, so and it was, that part was, it was well done. Yeah, it seemed like it, I would have accepted this as a once a year special or something that it seemed yeah, that good. So, yeah. Weekly is. Yeah. It'd be interesting. I'll, I'll look through and see if there's other episodes that exist that, we, that I can look through because it'd be interesting to see if they keep up this caliber, if this was an anomaly or anything. Uh, Terry, what were your thoughts on it? There was an awful lot going on here. Uh, I'll just start <laughs> going down my list of notes. You go uh, down your list. Jack um, says in, in the opening that uh, people call him the Maury Amsterdam of the West Coast. Uh, <laughs> West Coast, of course, because Jack's show originated in L.A. And Maury Amsterdam, for those who never watched the Dick Van Dyke show, was uh, you know one of the great stand-up comics of the 1950s and 60s. Uh, but then played uh, a regular role on, on the Dick Van Dyke show. Uh, Jack happened to be on the East Coast for a Friars Club testimonial. Uh, that's why he was available to do the show with, um, with Sinatra. And then during the program, Sinatra mentions that next week he's going to be out on the coast, referring to the West Coast. And uh, 
in an earlier conversation that we had on another podcast, um, there was a, a reference to Leo DeRocher, and I think Leo DeRocher was going to be, I think he said, his guest on that next episode. Uh, somebody, I think it was... I think it was Jack Benny made reference to John Foster Dulles that, you know, he's, he's a comedian. He's not John Foster Dulles. John Foster Dulles was a, a very serious American politician who would go on to become secretary of state, but he was certainly not, not known for his sense of humor. I thought it was wonderful how uh, Jack's ad libs cracked up Frank Sinatra. Uh, and this was clearly not scripted and and it was fun to watch well and jack's known for his ad living i mean that's correct that's correct bread and butter <laughs> and and he, um, he was trying to teach fred allen for years how to act <laughs> never catch on it was just amazing I, and, I hear a hungarian dinner might be in the offing <laughs> <laughs> and and john uh, larry griswold was uh, a renowned comic acrobat i remember seeing him on the ed sullivan show really he really did get hurt late in his career and that's what ended his career but he was just amazing just amazing i was also very impressed by the young violinist uh, charles castleman yes. uh i thought he was not just a, obviously a very talented uh violinist but really really funny he uh i don't know how much of that was directed but he i'm really patient with yeah. jack posing him and all these different things oh yeah yeah <laughs> like, okay i i noticed a um a feature an uncredited featured player in the wedding sketch uh you could remember him if you were as i uh, am a, a fan of uh barney miller and because he had uh two different roles in four episodes. Um, and the actor's name, he played the father of the bride in the wedding sketch. And the actor's name is Harold Stone. And uh, in, in a, another conversation that we will have uh, about Jack Benny, um, we'll talk about Jack Sue, who was yeah. also, uh, of course, a regular on Barney Miller. So I did not know that, um, I did not expect to see Harold Stone in this. And then it, well, Kathy, that's why I picked it. I, I wanted a Barney Miller day, and so we thought we'd <laughs> well, you pulled that off. <laughs> and, and then Kathy is as as you mentioned, and John, as you mentioned, there was the um, uh, the house I live in sketch at the very end, which was written by the great American playwright Albert Maltz, who um, would uh, be be uh, come. Or, yeah, he wasn't yet part of the Hollywood Ten in 1951. I think that was after well they wouldn't have played this uh, if he was that's, part of hollywood 10 this well that's right that's right of course he wouldn't have he wouldn't have um, been allowed to uh, to be on the network um i thought it was also interesting if i remember correctly that jack makes reference to the fact that this was two days after uh, armistice day or two days after yes. veterans day so this that confirms the date this was um, november 13th 1951 um, and just overall, as I said, just a jam-packed uh, television program. It was just amazing. Did I correctly see Artie Auerbach as one of the writers listed, credited? Uh, Artie Auerbach, I don't think it's our Artie Auerbach. I think oh, okay. two of them, maybe. Oh, okay. Artie Auerbach was definitely positively a writer on the Fred Allen show. And uh -huh. so I see his name pop up on old-time radio as a writer. And that's yeah, he... Unless our he, Artie Arbach was a photographer. Correct. So, Unless our right. Artie Arbach, who is, of course, Mr. Kitzel, right. was all he was a photographer and a very good photographer. Uh, 
was he also a writer? Maybe. I mean, that seems like I don't know. Really I saw the name. I didn't. Game, I didn't but, pursue it. But but uh, I just always assumed they were two separate people because at first I thought he because I listened for him on like the Fred Allen show, going, well, he must be on here if he's a writer for it or whatever. But he never was, and then it just seemed. I don't know. It just seemed it, it seems really out of place to have a guy that's that much of a, of a character that pops up through time on multiple radio shows and everything. And and to be a writer as well, maybe. I don't know. And, and Kathy, I, I agree with you, by the way, this the pacing of this show was decidedly in contrast with uh, Jack Benny's. But that has to do in, in no small part with the, the, the different writers and, and, of course, a different director. Yeah. Uh, Freddie DeCordova right. had his you know, his deliberate no, style. No, and I can't remember no, who directed no. this, but it was obviously a, a different take on how to do television. And it was wonderful. Really enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it as well. Well, I think we'll leave this one there and let the folks enjoy the episode, which is fantastic. I think this is going to be, if I put on, I'm putting this up on YouTube, I think this will be the only place it's on YouTube as an entire episode. I think every place else is broken into three chunks. I don't know why folks do that as much, but I like to have it all put together. So there you go. Enjoy it, and we will see you for more Jack Benny in the future. The Frank Sinatra Show. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here is the star of our show, Frank Sinatra. I'm sorry. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am not Frank Sinatra. Although I must say that we do resemble each other quite a bit. I mean, we're about the same height and our eyes are blue. That is, uh, his, mine are bluer than his. His are sort of a pale blue and mine are more of a blue surge, you see what I'm <laughs> And, of course, I'm a little bit heavier than Frankie. But then who isn't, you see? <laughs> but, ladies and gentlemen, I did my first, my own first TV show a week ago last Sunday. I started my season. And I, thank you very much, and I, um... And I was such a big hit that I'm now known as the Maury Amsterdam of the Pacific Coast. <laughs> and of course, the reason I'm here tonight with Frankie, you see, Frank did a guest shot on my television show last year when I was in New York, you see, and I didn't pay him for it, you know, I... No, you know, we we're pretty good friends, and I didn't want to insult him, you see, <laughs> by paying him. And I understand that tonight... He's not insulting me, either. <laughs> you know, a friendship like that can break both of us, you know? <laughs> but um, another reason that I'm in New York is because last Friday, you probably read this in the paper, last Friday, the Friars Club gave me a testimonial dinner because of my... Um... Thank you, because of my 20 years in radio, you see, and not only that, but also because I've been a member of the Friars Club, a theatrical organization for a long time, you see, and as a matter of fact, in Hollywood, I'm an officer of the uh, Friars Club. I'm known as the Dean, and that's a very, very important executive position. 
I would say that the dean of the Friars Club is comparable to a photographer on Reader's Digest. <laughs> but anyway, it really is a great pleasure, ladies and gentlemen, to be here. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. It's a great... It's a great pleasure, ladies and gentlemen, say, to... Say, Jack. Hmm? Pardon me. <laughs> oh, oh, hello, Frank. It's a great pleasure, ladies and gentlemen, to be here Jack. tonight. What? Jack, you know, you were only supposed to introduce me and then tell a few jokes and then introduce me, you know. Oh. Well, you see, Frank, I got to talking about myself and I'm sort of carried away. You <laughs> know how you get like yeah. that, you see. But uh, what are we supposed to do right now? Well, we usually do a song right about here. We do. Mm. Well, unfortunately, I don't sing. I don't know. <laughs> I, I know, Jack, but, but I'm supposed to sing a song here. Now. Oh, you're going to do the yeah. song, I see. Well, all right. I mean, on my show, we had a half hour. I got about three seconds so far. <laughs> it may storm I got my love to keep me warm I can't remember a worse December you just watch those icicles fall what do I care how the icicles form I got my love to keep me warm Off with my overcoat Off with my gloves I need no overcoat I'm burning with love My heart's on fire With one desire So I will weather the storm do I care how much it may storm? I got my love to keep me warm. Off with my overcoat. Oh, off with my glove. I need no overcoat. I'm burning with love. I heart's on fire. One desire So I will weather the storm What do I care How much it may storm Look here now I got my love to keep me On behalf of our sponsor, 
I would like to say that uh, we had a wonderful time uh, since we've Frank. been here. At, yeah. Frankie, yeah. just a minute. Uh, this is the only thing, there's only one thing that bothers me on this show. What's that, Jack? Well, uh, you're mentioning the sponsors. Yeah. After all, I'm a, for one sponsor, you work for another. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't ask first whether there's any... Uh, Friction, you see oh, what I mean? Between conflict between the two. Oh no, Jack, you shouldn't worry about that. No. You don't have to correct me, you know. <laughs> no, look, Jack, the, pro the product. My English is good as yours, at least. That <laughs> Jack, the pro the product. <laughs> the product is entirely different, Jack. Oh. I mean, we're on for Echoware. 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 What's that? That's a little echo we have here on our show, and he sees he stays on the ball every week when he hears this kind of thing go on. I wonder what keeps him so sharp all the time. Flint knives, flint knives, flint knives. Yeah, it's kind of cute. That's sort of an echo. Like that, huh? I say, yeah, it's cute. Whenever we mention the product, That's he right. repeats it. LS, MFT, LS, MFT, echo, echo, echo. Lucky strike means fine tobacco. Be happy by echo, be happy by echo strike, be happy by echo, by echo strike today. All right, look at that. I've been smoking echo wear for now. <laughs> oh, all righty. Then that's enough. All right, let's forget about the echo business again. Now, Jack, what did you plan to do for us tonight? Well, I don't know. I thought uh, as a guest it'd be nice if I uh, told, came out, you know, and told jokes like I did before, you see. You think that's smart? <laughs> Look, Frank, I'm a comedian, you know. After all, you didn't hire John Foster Dulles here. <laughs> well, Jack, what I mean is today, today the trend is much different than it's ever been. I mean, the comedians are more physical, like Jackie Gleason and Martin Lewis and Red Skelton. They bounce up and down, they take falls, and they're always going, you know. It's very physical. Well, I, I have the same uh, uh, system, you see, mm -hmm. at home when I do my television shows, although... I have it worked out where I stand perfectly still, you see, and the camera moves up and down, you see. In that way, the cameraman makes more money, and I last longer, you see. No, uh, no, I'm very serious, Jack. I mean, you've got you to gotta take this seriously. You can't get by anymore on television with just talk. I mean, when you, even when you tell a story, you, mean you just a can't joke. tell a straight joke. You can't it? tell a joke. When you do it on television, it's got to be acted out. Now, look, I'll show you what I mean. Mm -hmm. Two guys, that are, uh, they met at an Elks convention, see, Sam... And then Max. And they meet and they say they went to the bond and Sam says... Funny at rehearsal it was Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Sam and Harry. And Sam walks up and he says, Hello, Harry, how are you? See? He says, what do you know? He says, say, are you a large member? And the other fellow says, no, I'm just average size. And he says, well, wait a <laughs> Do you still make records? Yes, of course I do. Good, good. <laughs> now, Jack, I think, though, seriously, uh, maybe you ought to get started by announcing. So, like, maybe you mean to be, be a... sort of a master of ceremony. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that I would like to do on the show, Frank, mm. because that's what I've done all my life, even mm -hmm. before radio. All right. I was a master of ceremonies. Now, who would you like to me to introduce first? June Hutton. June Hutton, mm -hmm. I see. All right. Now, what uh, would you want me to say about her? I mean, you know much more about her than well, I Well, when introducing June Hutton, I would say something like, um, ladies and gentlemen, we're very fortunate tonight in having with us a, uh, a uh, young lady 
who has provided, provided us with many, many pleasant vocal moments from show to show. And I hope uh, uh, she continues to do so in the future. And um, this young lady is not only gifted with a beautiful voice, but she has charm, she's lovely, and she's always welcome on our show. So ladies and gentlemen, we're very proud to present to you June Hutt. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, Jack, I uh, wasn't kidding before, he's had a lot to do since he came to town with a Friars dinner and his own television show and a lot of stuff that he's been working. So he's a little tired now. This being an hour show, uh, he's up resting in his room. I have to go up and bring him a cup of hot milk in a little while. Meantime, I'd like to introduce a man who is probably one of the greatest artists in this field. Ladies and gentlemen, the wonderful Larry Griswold. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Sinatra, but Larry is unable to make it over here tonight, you see. What he, do you was mean? Out, he was out celebrating again, and he's in no condition to die. Well, what do you mean he can't make it? What are it's we going to do about it? to my whole family. I'm Larry's father. Oh. I've known him ever since he was a little boy. Look, I taught him all the dives. I'll run up and do a couple of dives so you won't disappoint your people. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't Can worry. you do this? You of course, right? I keep myself in good shape doing athletics down at the gymnasium at the YWMCA. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you worry about me, I've been a lot higher than this a lot of times. <laughs> hey, but watch who you're pushing around. I don't mind anyone shoveling, but don't push me. Shovel First, I better try out the board for spring. Oh, the bugle here. Just a high cotton. 
I missed my step. Well, I'll start off with a swan dive and then lead up to the more complicated maneuvers. Oh, that's my tie. Well, can't I pose on Boy, that scares me too. I another very unusual artist with us tonight, although he's just a ten-year-old boy. He's been acclaimed everywhere as one of the outstanding violin virtuosos of our time. His recent appearance at Carnegie Hall has won much praise, high praise, from all the critics. Ladies and gentlemen, Master Charles Castleman. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. For my first selection tonight, I would like to play The Ukrainian Fantasy by Wienowski Andrzej. <laughs> Did you, pardon me, did you see Mr. Sinatra? Oh, yes, he went out that way. Oh, he did. Oh, thank you. 
Pardon me. So you you play the violin? Eh? Yes, sir. Do you uh, do you practice? No, sir. You don't practice? Well, you you'll certainly never get anywhere if you don't practice. You know? <laughs> After practice, 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 you see, if you want to be, if you want to be good, you know, and these are the important years, you know. I, I remember when I was your age. You do? <laughs> yes, I used to practice every day, and that's how I became a very, very fine violinist. Um, uh, you're going to play a number now, are you? Uh, you might, let me show, let me see how you, uh, how you hold the bow and everything. <laughs> you'll never, you'll never get anywhere that way. Let me, now let me show you. You see, in the first place, the way you're holding the bow, you see, it could slip right out of your hands. Don't you see? You must hold the bow like this. You see what I mean? Stiff like this. This is called the Western grip. You see what I mean? See, then it'll never get away. Now your your chin. How do you put the violin under? Your, no, 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 no. You must rest it a little bit. You see what I mean? A little bit like more, and hold this like this. You see what I mean? This keeps it from slicing. You see in this thing? And keep one foot out, just a little bit. One out, one leg out a little bit. Oh, wait a minute. Keep the, you got to keep the leg out just a little bit like this. There you are, you see. This way you won't. Now, this is the way to play a violin number. Now, let me hear you play a number now. Let's Go ahead. Let's hear it. Go ahead. You know, Sinatra's supposed to come out Here now, I am, but he Jack. forgot his cue altogether. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. What are you doing, Jack? Huh? Well, I'm just giving the, the kid a few pointers, I think. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack, did you ever hear of the concert violinist Charles Castleman? Charles Castleman? Yes, we went to school together. Oh, really? <laughs> he, uh, in fact, I taught him everything he knew, you know. Yeah. But, Jack, mm-hmm. uh, this is Charles Castleman. Oh, well, the Charles Castleman I think of, I'm thinking of had a trio in Waukegan. There was a, a violin, an organ, and a monkey. You see what I mean? The monkey now has his own band. It's called Spike Jones. <laughs> Jack, let's get out for a while. We'll let Charles Castleman play this. Uh, okay. Little, huh? I still think he hasn't got his legs right. I don't know. This thing.
concerto is a simple melody as simple as the day we met For Carnegie Yet once you hear it play You'll never forget I wrote it just for you With a feeling from within Make such music begin My concerto Is a love song from the start And when you hear my song You'll hear my heart Is a love song from the start, and when you hear my song, you'll hear my heart. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, it's tea time. You see, we feel that uh, they're building another bungalow back there. <laughs> we feel that uh, it's a halfway mark in our show at this point. A football team gets time off. Between half, so I don't see why we shouldn't. I look like a football team. Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, this is our last show from New York City. <laughs> Starting... Uh, Starting next week, our program will originate from Hollywood, the land of the sunshine. <laughs> sunshine! Hey. I understand one day last week they had eight inches of sunshine out there. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to the trip back because we're planning to fly the southern route. See, when the plane flies over Washington, I want to wave goodbye to some of the money that we're leaving back. <laughs> You know, I found out recently that there's a, there's a trick to this, you see. I mean, guys like uh, Harry Richman, uh, Georgie Price, uh, <laughs> Hope and Crosby, they got sidelines, side rackets. Crosby's got an orange juice business. Hope has oil wells. I got a trunk full of old bow ties. <laughs> and speaking of money, our guest tonight is not exactly destitute himself. You know, Jack goes around and he tells everybody that he has something put aside for a rainy day. It could pour for 40 years, <laughs> and he'd still be drier than a cow in a Kansas dust bowl. 
There's a bad joke. Well, what are you going to do? And it was such a long time getting around to a bad joke like that. Of course, there are other things in life besides money, but it takes money to get them. You know, it makes you a little nervous. Anyway, it'll be nice getting back to the coast for a change. I mean, uh, last season we did all our shows from here and a few this year, and I think that our New York fan club deserves a rest. Down, Spotty. Matter of fact, we got a note from our Hollywood branch, and they're raring to go. They've been practicing by getting autographs from uh, Champ Butler or, or a couple of those boys out there. See, they stay in practice. You know, it's amazing how, how wonderful these kids are, really. They wait around, like, for instance, on a pouring rainy day. They wait for six hours for an autograph, and finally, when they get up real close to you, some little guy looks, he says, Ah, this guy's nothing. You know, nine chances out of ten, he's right. <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid, I used to wait outside of stage doors. I don't want to give anybody's age away, but when I was a kid, I used to wait for Crosby's autograph. <laughs> I'll never get one day, I said, you know, I have aspirations of being a singer, and he said something very nice, very encouraging to me. He said, you keep singing, kid. Someday you may be another Rudy Valley. <laughs> oh. What are you going to do, Pop? I can't help it. You'll have to excuse me. I'm a little bit... I've been well. <laughs> I, uh... I was up, uh... I was up a little late last night. Jack Benny invited me to a party. Party? I should have known what kind of an affair it would be when he brought his fiddle along. He told me that they were very, very dear friends of his and it was going to be a lot of fun. It was some little place over in Jackson Heights, and the, it's called the Banquet Room, the Banquet Room of Kozlenko's Bar and Grill. It's in the back, you know, where they have the weddings. And it's on Queens Boulevard, right next door to Zabriskie's Bowling Alley. And Jimmy Prose is a saloon over there where Gleason hangs out. Well, when we got there... When we got there, the... Say, we were riot tonight. When we got there, the party was on the way... And you should have seen the ball that they were having. I gotta move the stool now. I don't hear you. That bowling alley next door makes so much noise. Now, what is it, my little one? Well, Papa, what's the matter with the band? Are we going to have a fiddle player? Sure, I hired one. He's late. He should be here 15 minutes ago already. Oh, who did you get, Papa? His name is Jack Benny. He's the same fellow who played at, at Mama and Mine wedding. Oh. Hey, is he real good? <laughs> one of the best. You think I spent $12 a night for just anybody? Well, out of this, he has to pay a singer who he's bringing with him. Uh, well, we'll get... <laughs> hey, this looks like fun, Jack. Yeah. How about that? We're gonna have a ball, aren't we? Yeah, she's kind of cute, isn't she? Yeah. 
I wonder if she's got a friend. I doubt it very much. What was that joke about the Kansas Dust Bowl? <laughs> that was before. Our... Oh, oh. Hey, there's... <laughs> there's, there's our host, Pulaski. Hey, Mr. Pulaski. Hello. Oh, I, hello, Mr. Benny. I want Benny. you to meet Mr. Sinatra. How do you do? I thought you were going to bring a singer. Well, he is a singer. That skinny little thing? Well, I mean, everybody can't be Alonzo. <laughs> Don't forget, listen, he's wonderful, Mr. Pulaski, really. You know, I wouldn't jeopardize my reputation. After all, someday your daughter will have children. And when they get married, I want their business, too, you know. Well, maybe you're right. Oh, and remember another thing. The musicians only get two sandwiches apiece. There's no limit on the coleslaw and the pickles, though. Oh, coleslaw, pickles, all you want. Hey, Jack, what? Jack, what's going on here? Well, Mr. Pulaski, you know, as long as we came over as guests, he wanted to know if I'd play a violin solo, and maybe you'd sing a song for him. Oh, no, Jack, I, I'm rather tired. I don't want what? to... What? You know, sing? Listen, for, I mean, for two sandwiches? I'll give you three sandwiches. What's it? I'll give you one of mine, you know. All right. What is that? That's a bowling That's a bowling alley. Oh, What's that's the Brisky's bowling alley next door. I used to... I played for his wedding, Oh, you too. know him, too. Yeah. I brought Lanny Ross with me that time. <laughs> hey, Jack, uh, you know, I guess I'm not as healthy as I think I am. What do you mean? That's the second time that vulture came down to take a look at me. <laughs> well, look, let's congratulate the bride. Yeah, huh? that's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, thanks very much. Say, uh, Jack. Uh, Jack, what is this bit they're doing here? Well, you see, at Polish weddings, Frank, you see, they never give gifts. They always give money. See, oh, they really? send the money in album. Say, that's wonderful. Yeah. I think I'll contribute something to the bride. I think that's a wonderful idea. Thank you very much, and good luck Thank to you both. Thank you very much. Jack, what about you? Well, I thought I'd wait till I get home and give them uh, for my own personal stationery. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah. It'll be... Uh, well, congratulations, Miss, uh... Miss... Oh, Louise, Stella, Marie, Francis, Toplitsky. Uh. <laughs> Say, Jack, uh, by some strange coincidence, those initials spell L-S-M-F-T. What coincidence? My sponsor arranged it, the whole thing. Oh. Be happy, go lucky. Oh, thanks very much. You're welcome. <laughs> Listen, do you want to dance? If you want to dance, I'll watch the money. I'll watch the money. You dance. No, it doesn't make no sense. I didn't hire you to dance. I hired you to play. Oh. Well, all right, I, but you know what? When, when the music starts, I can't make my feet behave, really, I can't. And tell that singer I want to hear him sing. Frankie, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah, Jack. A fellow would like to hear you sing a song. After all, you know, how many times do they get a fellow like Sinatra here? Well, Why don't you sing a song for him? Well, huh? saying as you, you put it that way, uh, okay, let's, okay, let's, let's well, do I'll a song. You get the violin. What do you, what do you want to do, Jack? Huh? What do you want to do? Well, we'll play. We'll all right, play. let's go. Okay. 
Ready, We'd boy? like to sing a song for you. We just nearly got killed. We nearly had an accident here yeah. with a bowling ball came in there. That was no accident. <laughs> <laughs> they aimed at you. <laughs> You're both through. Here's your nine dollars. Wait a minute. You promised me twelve dollars. Three for the singer. Yeah. How could you do such a thing? Inviting me over here and tell me it was a party and then selling me out for three bucks. Frank, I tried to get you five, but he wouldn't buy <laughs> Well, you're both fired. Take your nine dollars and out! Okay. I'm sorry, Frank. That was the best I could do. That's all right. Well, let's get well, out okay. of here. Come huh? on, let's go. Gee, oh, wait. wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. They promised us the sandwiches. <laughs> and they said there was no limit to the coleslaw and the pickle. <laughs> Gather stars out of the blue for you, for you. I would make a string of pearls out of the dew for you, for you. Carpets of clover I'll lay at your feet There's nothing in this world I would not do For you Just for you Over the highway over the street, carpets of clover, I'm gonna lay at your feet, there is nothing in this world I would not do, baby for you. Ladies and gentlemen, Sunday was a very significant date, and we don't want to pass it without saying something about Armistice Day, particularly in view of what's going on in the world today. <coughs> Back in 1918, Armistice Day meant the end of a war, but it has come to mean a lot more than that. It's a symbol of the things this country has always fought for, freedom, equality, and our way of life. A few years ago in Hollywood, <coughs> Frank Sinatra made a picture that pretty well expresses all of these things. The picture was called The House I Live In. 
And anything it had to say then, it still has to say right now. Ladies and gentlemen, the house I live in. like somebody's in for a licking, huh? You bet! We're gonna smear him! All right, wait a minute. Back up. Back up now. Steady. That's all right, but six against one. That's not very fair, is it? Oh, come on, gang. What's the matter, you? What's it all about? No, I'm... No, I'm not scared. I'll fight you, even. Well, not if I can help it. You look like you can take care of yourself. I just want to know what the gang war is for. We don't like him. We don't want him in our neighborhood. I'm going to our school. See? I've been living here as long as you, since I was born, even. Yeah, yeah. Come on now. Now, let's cut it out. I'm serious. What's the matter? Has he got smallpox? We don't like his religion. His religion? Yeah, he's a dirty... Yeah, wait a minute. Oh, I think I'm beginning to understand this thing. Yeah, it must be one of those rat pack gangs I've read about in the papers who beat up on people. Mister, we ain't no rat pack. Well, you ain't regular guys, for sure, I can tell you that. I don't know what you ought to do about this. It must be pretty tough, huh? You bet. What about your dad? What kind of a man is he? What would he say about this? My pop's so tough, he'd smear you. He would, huh? He's a pretty tough guy, huh? You bet. He's mm -hmm. a sergeant in the army. He was wounded in Korea. Oh, he was wounded, huh? Say, I'll bet he got some of that blood plasma that, that you've been reading about, the Red Cross. You bet. It was hurt so bad, he had to get it six times. He told me even. Six times, huh? Son, anybody in your family ever go to the blood bank? Your mother and father both. Hey, it's pretty serious. You know, it could be that uh, his father's blood helped save your dad's life. That's pretty bad, isn't it? What's bad about it? Well, don't you see? His father doesn't go to the same church as your father. Now, you think maybe your dad would rather have died than to take blood from a man of another religion? Would you have wanted him to die, or your mom? No. Well, don't you understand, fellas? Religion doesn't make any real difference. God created everybody. God didn't create one people better than another. And people worship God in different ways all over the world. Many, many different ways. Now, my father came from Italy, but I'm an American. But should I hate you because... Your dad came from Ireland or Sweden or Holland? Now, wouldn't I be a fathead? You guys, by chance, remember anything about Pearl Harbor? You ever read about it or hear about it? You bet I did. My Uncle Mike was in the Navy. Oh, he was. Now, did he ever tell you about a battleship, Jap battleship called the Haruna? No. Let me see if I can remember. It seems that the Haruna was raising the Dickens with our boys, and one day one of our planes sighted it and got right over it. And you know what it takes to bomb a battleship, fellas? It takes teamwork and a lot of guts and know-how. And one of our planes got over it and dropped a big 500-pound bomb right smack in the middle of it. And everybody in the United States kind of threw their head back and felt a lot better about that. Now, the pilot of that airplane was Colin Kelly. He was an American and a Presbyterian. And you know who dropped the bombs? A boy from Brooklyn named Maya Levin, an American and a Jew. Now, do you think maybe they should have called off the whole bombing raid because they weren't of the same religion? Do you? Of course not. Don't be silly. And don't, only, don't let anybody make suckers out of you. Use your good heads. And let's have no more of this fighting. 
Well, see you around. I got to go to work. What do you work? I sing. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> I'll tell you what. <clears throat> you just stand right here and no hissing allowed. What is America to me? A name, a map, or a flag I see. A certain word, democracy. What is America to me? The house I live in, a plot of earth, a street, the grocer and the butcher, and the people that I meet, the children in the playground, the faces that I see, all races and religion, that's America to me. The place I work in, the worker by my side, the little town or city where my people lived and died, the howdy and the handshake, the air of feeling free, and the right to speak my mind out, that's America to me. The things I see about me, the big things and the small, the little corner newsstand and the house a mile tall, the wedding and the churchyard, the laughter and the tears and the dream that's been a growing for a hundred and sixty years. The town I live in, the street, the house, the room, the pavement of the city, or a garden all in bloom, the church, the school, the clubhouse, the million lights I see, but it's special. That's America to me. Well, I see you around, boys. Bye now. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. That's a fine piece of material. I wouldn't mind doing that every week. It's such a great piece of material. 
Uh, I'd like to thank Jack Benny for doing such a wonderful job for us tonight, considering he didn't get any money for it. Uh, and uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, will you help me thank Mr. Benny, Mr. Jack Benny, for doing such a wonderful job. Frank, it was a great pleasure being with you, you know. What was that joke about the Kansas dust bowl? <laughs> Well, Frank, now that you're going out the coast, maybe you can now do a show. You can be a guest on my show now, you see? Yeah, well, Jack, I, I, I really would like that, but the, the next time, I'd like to get paid. <laughs> well, why? Well, you I see, mean, I've been a guest on your show, and you were a guest on mine, and yeah, now but you see, you know, well, no, no, we're not even. You see, you do an hour show, and I only do a half-hour show, you see? So, I mean, you owe me some change. <laughs> Uh, yes, that's as a matter of fact. Well, I'll talk to you about that when I get okay. out on the coast. When are you leaving for the coast? Well, I'm leaving tonight, right after the show. Oh, you're going tonight? Mm -hmm. So soon. It is a shame. Why, Jack? I wonder if Mel Torme is in town. Because <laughs> I'm what? I'm playing at another wedding tomorrow. <laughs> well, I'll get Robert Merrill. He'll Ro be all Robert right. Yes, Merrill. he'll be all right. Thanks, Frank. Good night, Good night Jack. Wonderful. Good night. just about the nicest person I've ever known in, in all of show business. He's a real wonderful guy. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, next week we have, uh, on our show from the coast, we have uh, two wonderful people whom we used last year. And I'm, I'm deeply proud because I rooted so hard. We have the manager of the year, Mr. Leo DeRocha, and, uh, and his lovely wife, Lorraine Day. So we have DeRocha and Day, and uh, we may needle the Dodger fans a little bit. But uh, we hope to have some fun, and in future weeks, we'll have a visit from Bob Hope and people like uh, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz and Dinah Shaw, possibly. We, we'll see you all very soon, so keep watching and drop us a line if you'd like to hear any particular song. Good night, and bless you. Yeah.